All right. Do you guys see that? How'd you like that? That was cool. cool. Yeah, I did. That was cool. I like it. I'm not very good at this technology stuff, but I'm getting better at it. By next year, we're going to be blowing shit shit away. I'm telling you. So welcome to Full Send Sports, uh, our pro picks for everybody out there that's been joining us. And there's been quite a few people that have been uh, very interested to hear what our pros have had to say over the last three or four episodes now uh, with these OSG picks. So thanks for joining us out there. As usual, well, I shouldn't say that. We had a special guest on the other day because CJ couldn't make it, but CJ Pierce, Luke Davies, Nick O'Hare, and Panda. Hello, everybody. Hey. What up? Don't be shy. Give us a hello. Okay. So (laughs) um, we're on to another leg of OSG. Tonight we are talking about, uh, well, as Panda said the other day, this – particular OSG this year doesn't get much better because these classes are pretty stacked. We're going to start with the U105 class for men. We'll get to the U82s for women. Both real interesting classes, but with the 105 class, Luke, kind of we're starting off with an announcement, of course, that we kind of already knew and a lot of folks did out there that uh, one of the favorites or the favorite, I should say, isn't really going to be in the show, and that's Nick Camby. Obviously, that doesn't change anything up for every other guy that's going to be there that has to compete, but I'm sure there's a few of them out there that really wanted an opportunity to take the king down, huh? Yeah, um, it's one. It's like that old saying that to be the man, you've got to beat the man, as Ric Flair would say. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like you do want to beat the reigning champion, but at the same time, part of strongman, as all the guys and Panda will agree, is getting to the show. Like that's that's a big part of being a competitive strongman and being good is making it. And if you can't make it, then it, it is what it is. So I don't really think it'll. Put the guys off too much they'll go there they have to beat who's in front of them and i actually think in a way it makes the show more interesting because it like throws it wide open for someone to come in and take that title yeah it does it gives a new it, it definitely is going to give a new face to osg 105 this year and come in next year somebody's going to have to knock that guy down nick what do you think going into this class yeah absolutely uh, like like uh, luke said you know you have to stay healthy in prep you have to make a water cut or a cut for these weight class guys. And then you have to show up on game day and be able to perform at pretty much 100% on at, a, at the biggest show there is. So those are all parts or events, I like to call them, in, in a strongman competition so or strongwoman competition. So that's just part of it. So it's a, it's a bummer to see Nick not there because Nick is a, an amazing champion. He's an awesome guy, very humble and incredible athlete, obviously, we all have seen what he can do and how, what he's capable of. And, and he's sure of himself that he hasn't met his peak yet. So when he comes back, it's going to be interesting. But like guys said, there's a whole list of guys here that are ready to rumble and they're looking for an opportunity. And this might be just what they needed. Like they said, to not get outshined or anything like that. And that'll just give them that momentum going into next year for an opportunity to come back. And, and maybe we'll see a few other guys in this one Oh five class to, uh, really amp it up you know maybe if emmanuel can make it and you get some guys healthy and nick's back and the reigning champs back and so on and so forth man it could be next year it could be really get really wild as well cj the great thing about osg is it opens up the door for everybody to kind of step up i mean this is an opportunity for an unknown to come out of nowhere to put himself in a position to be known by the world and what do you think about this this lineup here it's a pretty deep lineup i think we have about 35 competitors if i counted last um, any thoughts on it? And what do you think? I'm going to echo what Nick and Luke said, you know, it's a huge bummer that, um, that Nick can't make it. Um, you know, he, obviously he was, uh, he was my guy that I, I had picked to win. 
Um, so for me, you know, it definitely it definitely put a little twist in this prediction today. Um, but I really think there's eight or nine guys that can really shake this up. Um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see who can be well rounded over the three days and put together a win because there's a lot of really good athletes here uh, with a list of accolades that are very long. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who the new face of the 105s is for this next year. Yeah, Panda, the new face of the 105s. The 105 has been the face of Strongman now for a couple years running, in large part thanks to Clash. And now, of course, the world is kind of taking notice, and we're getting to see all these great European 105ers now collide with our American 105ers. We're going to see that here today as well. I know there's a couple that I was looking at. What are your thoughts about kind of the global representation and the amount of uh, competitors that we have in this class at OSG this year? That has actually been the most fun about Clash for me is being able to see people that I'm not used to seeing compete in it from international aspect. So doing looking up on some of these guys that I might not know very well or have seen yet. Um, so it was honestly really interesting to see what everyone's capable of. And like CJ said, I think there's a good eight to nine men that are going to put on a pretty good battle for us as long as everyone comes in healthy and everyone's capable. Um, <clears throat> and I know we keep saying new face of the 105s, but I'm sure Andrew Clayton will say he'd like to take another one. So yeah. now that he's coming back. So and then Justin Loy just missed it. Um, I think he got third last year. So I think he's going to be excited about possibly taking the first that top spot this year. So. Well, I'm certainly look forward to see what all your picks are here tonight because uh, this is another, just another example of a great class at OSG. So let's get this party started. Luke, we got our first event, of course, is the infamous Viking Press, one that I know we're all looking forward to in all these classes. For these 105ers, it's 325 pounds. Um, thoughts? I think I think Nick wants to jump in with something before we... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I just real quick, before we get started, uh, we were talking about this earlier. I just want to say, so everybody knows... We're going to leave people out. We're going to miss a name. We're going to miss somebody that's going to show up at the top, whether it's the master's classes or any of the open classes or any of the classes that we talk about. Please don't feel like it's a disservice or discredit to you guys. We will. We hope that it happens. Honestly, we prove us wrong. We want to be proven wrong. We don't have any problem with that. Hopefully somebody shows up, somebody that we don't know or we did, we missed that was we should have noticed. And they yeah. come up and show up. I just want to note that to you guys because I'm, I'm, we've started to get some feedback and all of it's been really good. And I know there are some people that are like, hey, you might have missed this guy. And it's like, ah, you know what? We probably did. Hopefully they prove us wrong and they show up on game day and 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 we're wrong. We're, we're okay with that. Aside yeah. from that, I'm on a water load today. So if I disappear, you know why. I was just about <laughs> ready to say the same thing. So. Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> go ahead, Luke. What do you got to say? Yeah, so good in the Viking press. But like Nick said, we're not purposely trying to keep people out. And also, um, if we talked about everybody who'd be a threat on every single event, we'd be here for five hours. So we kind of yeah. do have to condense yeah. it to like two or three guys per event. And then obviously our picks at the end. But I could t I could say 10 names for yeah. every single event. Well, it goes without saying in every one of these shows, there's always a few guys that rise to the top that, yeah, deserve mention. And, and the next time we'll get it, obviously, because this is one of those examples of a show that – allows us to start talking about other people especially if they do well so yeah exactly so yeah viking press um last as we talked about the other classes um i think it's gonna be heavy um but there's a few names that stood out to me when i was looking at the lineup 
Um, there were people who maybe won't be on people's radars to win the Hulu show, but I think can throw some spanners in the works on this event. So um, for me, you've got Jerry Cadlick, even though he is coming into the show with a few injuries. I know because I've competed at three of his shows in Czech Republic that he is an absolute beast on the Viking press and he loves it. So he'll be one to watch. Um, I think Frank Provenzano is one to watch on this, even though he might not have the numbers on, say, Log or Axel compared to some people. His, like, pure push pressing onto the rack on, like, a bar is, like, crazy. He's hitting, like, 400 pound plus. So I think that'll carry over wow. very well for, for the Viking press for Frank. Um, another European guy I'll throw in because I'm not sure the other guys know him, but he did make the final last year. Is Mikko Anala from Finland. He's a very good presser. And Viking Press, again, is a very common event in Finland and Scandinavia. So I think he'll be, like, on the ball with that. Um, there's a lot of other good pressers in here. Like, Andrew Clayton's obviously very traditionally a good presser. Um, but those would be my top three to watch. CJ? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to spice things up a little bit and bring up some names that uh, I didn't hear. Um, so Alex Bromley's been a good presser for a while um, over on the state side. You know, obviously, he's getting a little older. Um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully he puts up some big numbers here. I think he's very capable of doing so. Uh, looks good in training. I think he hit 365 for a triple on push press a couple weeks ago. So Alex is looking good. Um, Marshall Zinn, I'm not sure what his health is, but he's always been very stackly strong in the United States, especially on the Viking press. Dude's built like a tank. Um, I've yeah, he's, always he's wider than he is tall. Yeah, he's <laughs> I've always been those little like borderlands, like wide, like jack things. Yeah, he's, he's huge. He just like and Marshall's the, one of the best dudes that I've met in the sport. He's awesome. Yeah, um, but I think he'll do quite well at this also. Um, so yeah, Marshall, um, Alex, and let me look at my notes here. I think I had one more name. Um, and then Ollie Clark is a presser who I'm kind of paying a little bit of attention yeah. to here. Um, I just he caught my eye was when I was just scrolling through you know his feed. He's he's a pretty good presser too. So it'll be uh, there's a couple names that weren't mentioned yet that I think are interesting. Panda. So I guess I'll throw in a few more that might not have been mentioned, but I um, kind of in a mixture between both Luke and CJ. I I have uh, I didn't know about his injuries, but. Jiri, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. I had him in the Viking Press top three. Um, I had Marshall in the top five. Um, I have uh, Mike O'Connor um, up there in the top five, if he can come in healthy. Um, I can't remember his last name. Sean Diver from Ireland, I think, if he comes in mentally prepared so, for this show, I think he's capable of doing really I, I, well. I, I, I was told off in Paris. Apparently, it's Diver. Diver? Okay. I don't know whether he was just trolling me or not. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> now we're all one. being trolled if that's, <laughs> that's the case. Right. Yeah. Either way, I am, I am okay with being corrected. So if you're listening to this, you can shoot yeah. me a DM and let me know. <laughs> yeah, let's have to pronounce your names. Uh, yeah. Nobody. Hey, listen. Tyler saved us all yesterday with that pronunciation of the Ukrainian name, so we're good to go for a while, I think. <laughs> uh, hey, Nick. Uh, so, so three of three of our our pros so far uh, are kind of off the reservation with a few different names, maybe that you weren't thinking of. Uh, this is kind of one of those first events that, quite frankly, uh, there's some point stealers going on here uh, by the sounds of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, Miko is one of the first ones that comes to mind. I, I got to compete with Miko in Finland. Dude, his pressing ability is incredible. But 
I would like to add, uh, Justin Loy, this is a solid event for him, and he's got a heck of a lot of leg drive. I think that this could be a good vo event for him as well. And then a guy that I saw that looks like he's going to be well-rounded in all events but seems to be a pretty decent presser is that a guy from Ukraine, his name is Vitaly. First name mm -hmm. Vitaly, McKeeve, maybe. Um, I think he could be a powerhouse. He's obvious the Ukrainians are usually pretty decent pressers, so we'll see if he's got the, the leg drive and – the, the press on power to do that. But, oh, and another guy, Dan Hughes, Dan Hughes and Mike and those, and Nick can often trained together. You know what Nick can press is like, they, you know, try to simulate that and do that. So I think Dan could do, do well in that event as well. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Next event is the farmer's walk. And I'm going to say what I've been saying all along on this and uh, whether it's 150 total feet or not, uh, 300 and 330 pounds, Luke, respectively, uh, seems kind of light. I'm just going to keep saying that. It, it doesn't seem like a very heavy farmers to me from, for what these guys are capable of doing. Uh, why is it going to be tough for them, or why isn't it? Yeah, I, I actually massively disagree with the 105 class. I think a lot of guys are going to struggle to finish okay. this. Um, it, I, I, one, 330 for 150 foot run, yeah, I think everyone will be completely fine. But that 100 foot with the 300 and 400, it just taxes your grips like a lot more than people realize. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's too light. I think the weights are pretty much bang on. Um, I think we might see one or two guys absolutely smoke show it, but it's not going to be like 10, 15 people all just absolutely blitzing the course, in my opinion. And who are those guys you got up top there, Luke? Um, I have two guys to mention who I think are the ones to watch, in my opinion. Um, this is, like I said, on the um, Viking, I could name... 10 on each event but i'm just trying to give a couple i'm trying to mix it up per event as well so you know we give different people some spotlight so the two guys the main two guys and then i will add a couple more for me are sean diver or diver diver there we go diver. <laughs> as um we mentioned we predicted sean to win the um, farmers in paris all of us in our last show and he did that um he won the farmers in the ultimates in paris he's very very quick his grip is excellent um and yeah, I think he's going to be right up there. The other guy who a lot of Americans might not know, his name is Chris Harrison. Um, he, yes. along with, he was the other guy along with Matthew who absolutely smashed the British scene this year. He won like nearly every show he did. I think he didn't he did. actually, yeah. he didn't actually compete against Matthew in the end because he, he, he couldn't make Brits, but he is ridiculously fast on, on farmer's walks. Like, I think at England, he won by five to ten seconds over a very short course in front of everybody else. Um, so I'd be shocked if he was like outside of the top three to five on this. Then you have the guys who are just, you know, traditionally good movers from America, like Justin and Andrew Clayton, um, who's if he's healthy, will be right up there. Um, and one more person who. Nick mentioned in the last one, Vitaly from Ukraine. I've competed against Vitaly, and his farm's walks are excellent. His grip is very, very good, and I'll be shocked if he doesn't finish the course. CJ, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, uh, I think Luke stole a couple of them there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I agree with all of Luke's, um, all of Luke's uh, contenders there. Um, I'm going to add Chris Harris. I have been following him for a little bit on Instagram. Yeah, he's always been very fast, very quick. Yeah. Uh, that's what stood out to me when I first started following him. I was like, whoa, holy shit, this guy's legs just move. Um, and, you know, with Andrew Klain, I just remember that clash medley when he was doing a clash in the Rockies. 
and his yoke and farmer split time was absurd. Yep. Absurd. Um, I'm also going to agree with what Luke said about the farmers. Um, I had, it was Ode Hagen show. We had a 275 for max distance. I think that was the most painful event I've ever done in my life. And it started hurting at around the 200 foot mark. So I think for the U105 class, I really think that the weights are pretty appropriate for 150 feet. Um, with me, it was my legs that gave out, not my grip yet. But I mean, 150 feet is a long way to move heavy weight. Um, so I definitely agree with Luke there. I think I think it's a pretty good um, good event. And I think Dan Hughes, I just think Dan Hughes is going to round out really well at every event. He has this weird thing about him where he just does well at everything well enough where it doesn't like pop out to you, but he's always in that top, like top five echelon kind of guys. And then at the end, you're like, oh, holy shit, he's on the podium. And you don't even realize it happened. Um, so I think Dan will do well there too. Panda. Um, I've got Sean winning the event just after watching his 330 carry at Britain's. It was like a hundred foot course, and I think he did it in under 15 seconds. So yeah. and they were horrible farmers at Britain's. Yeah, well. they were they one toppled on him. Yeah, he had to were. like he had to pick it up and then repick to go because it was like the propane tanks or whatever, yeah. or the, the tank ones. Yeah. Really ridiculous run. I watched that a couple times, honestly, just to make sure that it was really 150 kilos. <laughs> and then, um, like you, um, CJ was saying, I've got Dan Hughes up there, um, and I also spotted Chris Harrison's pretty quick carries. So I kind of agree with a mixture of both Luke and CJ here. Um, Dan Hughes is somebody who's just going to be consistent all weekend long as long as he makes no mistakes so he's going to be somebody that we're just we might not he might not win an event but he's definitely going to be up there with everybody every single event i believe so i'm really excited to watch his performance this weekend next weekend i mean so he's definitely someone that i i admire as a lifter just because he hasn't he doesn't really have a weak point that's it's um it, for me it's very refreshing to see just because it kind of I'm like man I need to be a little more like that and not have a weak point not have like these outlier numbers that have you know my deadlift that's weak so Dan's it's cool to watch Dan just because he's all yeah he's a great team. strong man overall like all yeah. around so yeah. would you compare him to Cognon a little bit the same sort of style and and, and the way he kind of just finds himself there all the time was that a decent comparison or my way off. I don't know. Cognitive's pretty much. Dynamic, he's like your best mover, but yeah. What's that, same. What's that Nick? I, I think they have different dynamics, different characters, but I think yeah. I see. I see your point in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. And strong man, how that, how you get that comparison? Okay. All right. We didn't want to be too far off with my thought there, Nick. What do you got going <laughs> in this farmers? Okay, so you know, obviously these guys talked about the people. I got a head opportunity today to talk to Chris Harrison for a minute. Um, guy sounds like a really cool dude. I think he's going to be a very good mover. Um, he he says that he's very prepared. Um, this is his best prep yet. So he's bringing a good package to this and he's very excited about it. So that's, that was pretty cool to chat with him for a minute today. Um, I'm going to bring up a name that I didn't bring up in the first one, but I think you're going to see his name in the top all day, all weekend long. And you might see him at the top at the end. The guy was new to the, is new to the scene. He was here last year and we finished in the top 10 and he just keeps moving up. And man, does he look stacked this year? Nick Hine, man, the, the guy is just putting on size, putting on strength and his coach may even said that may even have said that he's a little bit worried about his own competitor, his own athlete. So let's just say that, Um, (laughs) you know, you know, we're not, we haven't brought up Matt McKeegan yet, obviously. And and he's obviously going to be here to do big things. And he's got uh, a lot of things he wants to get done. I know he wanted a shot at Nick, but uh, 
I think he has the weight on his shoulders over this competition. So I'm sure you'll see him show up in every event or at least attempt to. Well, I'm going to quit talking about farmers now because I'm sure the next thing that's going to happen is is somebody's going to say, okay, old fucker, grab 300 pounds and run with it as far as you can. So that's going to come at some point this winter, I'm sure, after all the times that I've said farmers is light, Luke. So I get it, okay? It's not light. <laughs> Moving on. Axel, uh, this isn't light. I, I've, we, well, it, I don't think it's light at all. I, I think a 640 Axel, I do think we're going to see some reps. Uh, we'll start with our resident deadlifter. I, I still think these guys are capable of a lot of reps, Luke. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I, don't, I personally don't think it's crazy heavy, but then I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to deadlifts, so that's just me being biased. I think we'll see 10 plus reps from the winner. Yeah. Um, not sure who that'll be, but yeah, I'm fairly confident. There's a few standout deadlifters for me. Um, like uh, Nick was saying just now, Martin McKeegan, former world record holder in the deadlift. Um, he'll be right up there. Um, Stephen Bradley, who won the deadlift ladder last year, made the final, came out of nowhere, really. I didn't have a clue who he was before 2021 OS3. His deadlift was very impressive. And I do want to give a shout-out as well to an uh, English guy called Tom Owens. He's relatively new to the scene. He qualified online, but his deadlift is very, very good. He's pulling over 800 pounds raw. Um, so I think he will be right up there as well. Um, I would say traditionally there's a lot of guys who... I would have, say, in my top five overall, who aren't great deadlifters. They're not bad, but they, I wouldn't like have them up there for the event wins. So it would be interesting to see where the likes of Loy, Clayton, Harrison, Hughes, and Hines sort of end up and like where the point spread is between the, those top guys, even though I don't think they'll be up there for the event win. Pando, let's get with you on this one. I've got Matt McKeegan up there as well, either winning the event or definitely pulling double digits. Um, and if Jerry comes in well, I think he's, yeah, yeah. he's got I don't, like... I don't, know, I don't know how I forgot about Jerry because he's the one who beat me by a kilo um, in, <laughs> in the Ukraine on my deadlift. So, so you're like, I can't mention him because he won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I feel like Sean's going to be another one that kind of sneaks in here. Um, I think... You've got Mike O'Connor, Loy, and all them that would end up coming in. Is Sean competing? Because I couldn't see. Um, Sean Diver, you're on, are you? Or Diver? Diver. Yeah, he's underneath. He's, yeah, yeah. I thought you were on but Sean Shoemaker for a second. And I was like, I'm sure he's. Not oh, no, there. not that Sean. I probably would have mentioned him first. I, I associate Deadlist with Sean Shoemaker in America. So <laughs> he's actually just better. tapping in for this event because he's <laughs> just going right. to hook grip everything, we even the get, actual. We've got to give Sean a shout out for sure, right? <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to be oh. there for sure. Uh, yeah, get healthy, Sean. I know you'll be back. Um, Nick, what do you got? Uh, you guys got you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. Uh, Yuri, former record holder. Um, McKeegan, former record holder. Great, phenomenal deadlifters. Um, you're going to see Chris Harrison's going to be up there. I think he's strong. He's ready for that one. Um, and then, uh, again, Stephen Bradley. Fun. Man, just watching him deadlift is just fun to watch. He's He's pulling like – he was pulling like seven something on the axle for like a couple of rec, reps the other day or something in training. And, it, you know, for my, for my heavy day, you know, for his high intensity day. And then he's pulling like 620 for his dynamic day or something like that. I'm like, Oh, cool. That's nice. So we stand to see a lot of reps on this. You think CJ, what, what, what would you guess that number would be for the winner? If I put you on the spot, if you put me on the spot, um, I think that the winner is capable of 12 to 14. Okay. All right. 
I just I remember McKeegan just and we were we, I did a clash in Jersey with him. Yeah, and I just remember him like easily repping six twenty for a ten to win the event, just like on the on an axle, so similar, right? I mean, so I just I I think that the rep number will be higher for the winner than we expect. Um, I'm gonna add one more name too, who I think might shake things up. Kevin Candido was a top ten performer last year in the U105 class. He won the Arnold last year. Um, I think that he might pull some good numbers here. I don't think he's gonna win the event, but we talked about you know Nick Hine. We talked about um, we talked about, you know, Andrew Clayton, this is a guy that could jump them in this event and shake up some points. I, I just want to remember, I don't know how I forgot them, but I think Frank Provenzano again, will be right up there. Right. The how, how did we not say Frank? Yeah. He's, yeah. An, absolute he's an incredible deadlifter. Freak on the deadlift. So he'll be up there as well. Can, can I ask a question about this deadlift real quick? Uh, it, it's going to be, you're going to be on a platform to make it a, uh, I guess the normal bar height yeah. with tires the way they're going to judge this, the way I understand, is it's going to be a dead stop. Uh, yeah. Those of you who've done this with these tires, or, or maybe not this particular set, there's going to be a bit of a, a pause there, isn't there? I mean, there's. Yeah. I would guess you probably have a two or three second pause coming into each every rep on the bottom of that, right? Yeah, this is why I mentioned um, to the guys a while back, I think controlling the eccentric a little bit will be quite important on this to stop the whole thing bouncing about and moving about and then delaying that next rep while you wait for it to settle. So it'll be interesting to see what guys just slam it down and maybe have to move about and which guys control that eccentric so they can go straight into the next rep. Obviously, when you do that control of the eccentric, you're gassing your um, posterior chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it can uh, certainly take some so time off the clock as well. Walk, so, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, if you're on if you're on a platform and you dance that bar away from you, you know you're not going to be in the middle of the bar again. So that's you're exactly. wasting a lot of time there. You know, um, the other I, this is just a the hearsay. I I did hear that it's a possibility they may they might add a little bit of sand to the tires inside the tires, which would be help with the drop a little bit. But I don't know if that's right. true. To make it huh? that stop, like yeah, it won't it won't want to yeah. dance as much. So you don't you don't have guys chasing bars around, which you know aesthetically won't look as pleasing uh, if that's the case. So it, I'm indifferent. I don't really like like we talked about before. You know I control the eccentric to the knee and then let it drop. You know so I'm not wasting all my strength on the eccentric portion. But um, a small drop doesn't doesn't want to dance too much. And they are adding tires per weight class as it gets heavier. So the more tires, I think it'll dance less than less tires will. Um, so that might help as well. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was curious about that. What, what that might do? Okay. So uh, we're getting this handbag, and I, I think I think this fourth event, uh, especially with these one hundred fivers, in any event that I've seen this year, or had an opportunity to watch these guys get ready for this this event here for OSG. Boy, there are some fast movers on some heavy sandbags out there. It goes without saying. I think in every class, we're starting to see some amazing sandbag loaders. Luke, uh, are we going to see a, some really great times here on this? And is Getting all these bags going to be difficult for most of this field, or do you think a large majority of it's going to get through them pretty well? I think it's going to be quite tough, honestly. I know on paper, the last bag might not look that difficult as a single, but it's the same as the farmers we talked about earlier, um, especially with it being the fourth event. After doing probably a high rep axle deadlift a few hours earlier, so your posterior chain is going to be absolutely fried. Yeah, I don't think... Um, it's going to be something that loads of people blitz. There are a few guys who I can see destroying it. Um, namely, if he's 100% fit, I think Andrew Clayton will make this look like a joke. Um, 
in the <laughs> past his sort of anything to do with loadings or sandbags, stones, etc. He's been really, really good at. So he'd be the one probably if I had to pick like one standout for this event, I'd say watch out for Andrew. CJ, I think I've watched too many videos of Nick O'Hare and Andrew or and and of uh, Nick Fondry doing their sandbags. So maybe I'm a little little bit uh, off in what I'm thinking is going to happen here. But yeah, what, what Luke said, the posterior chain being fried after that deadlift. Um, what are you kind of thinking going to this event? Yeah, and you know I'm going to be honest. A 350 sandbag to shoulder that's heavy at the end of the ladder. Yeah, you know I'm looking at that. I'm thinking, whoo, that's going to hurt like hell. Um, so I, I think um, I think that a lot of guys might not finish that 350. Um, I think you'll see. I, I, I'm going to predict that seven or eight guys finish the entire ladder, and a lot of guys get to that last bag and can't finish it. Because Luke's completely right. After a heavy axle deadlift for um, max reps, your posterior chain's going to be aching. Um, and Nick and Aaron, they just they they spoiled us with those sandbag to shore videos. Those were exceptional. Uh, yes. But. You know, Nick and Nick and Aaron aren't normal uh, aren't normal competitors either. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, I'm I, I Andrew Clayton's my guy too. Uh, he's the guy that I just see doing really well at this. He's built for sandbags and he has that he has that brutal strength. You know, you ask him like, hey, pick this you know fridge up. He's gonna shoulder the fridge and be okay. Um, so Andrew Clayton's one of them for me. Um, Dan Hughes is another guy who's going to do, who I think will do well at this. Like I said, he just, he rounds out well and he doesn't lose points. Um, Dan Hughes, Andrew Clayton. Um, I think Nick Hine will do well here too. Panda, what are you thinking? I've got Clayton winning as well. Um, and then I also watched Jerry do a three sandbag carry and load over a yoke and the 300 was the top bag and he does a tyler young thing where he just shoulders everything and runs it so it was pretty impressive to watch the his three bags in the race were the first three bags of the medley and he still had a lot of gas in him after running with that 300 on his shoulder so i think he's capable of finishing um and Justin Loy, of course, I think he's going to do well here. And if Stephen Bradley's still feeling great after deadlifting, I think he's going to come in and take some points here as well. Hey Nick, you're you're you know you're a guy that probably goes into those sandbags. So, yep, I'm going to get I'm going to I'm going to complete this. But for those guys, as CJ mentioned, if there's going to be seven or eight or maybe ten of them that do end up completing this run, and you're looking at another 25 guys that are going to get to that fifth bag or, or fourth bag. Um, how do you go into that? Do you go into it with the mindset going, okay, I, I'm not going to be an overachiever here. I already kind of know in my wheelhouse where I'm going to get on that 325 bag. And those split times going to mean everything because it sounds like there's going to be some points to grab there if not so many guys are finishing this ladder. What are your thoughts on that kind of is that type of competitor going into it? I mean, you're, you're right. So you need to take that into consideration. Um, if you know that the 350 bag has been a struggle, all training – prep and you but you can hit that 325 bag then you better get your ass there as fast as possible and get it done um and and then if you happen to get it and it goes easy and you want to take that 350 shot don't stop go right into it your heart rate will spike you'll get that thing to your lap you'll hyperventilate you'll drop it and it'll be done you got to stay moving it's a it's a huge factor that people take it drives me nuts watching people do sandbags they stop and then they fail and they every time they stop they fail you can't catch your breath fast enough in the time that you have to finish it. So you have to stay moving if you're in hopes to get it. But yes, you need to go fast as hell through four bags in order to get that split time. 
I have a guy that nobody brought up and nobody said his name yet, and I think this guy could win the whole event. His name's Brandon Burley. He is one heck of a sandbag loader. He is coming for this event. I promise you he will be a front runner on this one. So we're getting into day day uh, three here, and you guys all started off this conversation pretty confident of your top five, and I've heard about 25 names on four different <laughs> events so far, and a couple of them I didn't hear that I thought I was going to hear. So, Luke, well, how is this top ten shaping up for day three? All your guys are, are, are there, as you suspect they will be. How are they going to get there? Because it sounds like there's a lot of points being shuffled around here. There's not one clear-cut winner at this point, according to you guys. No, well, I ha I was quite confident in like who I was picking for certain events, but generally, I didn't really, I really struggled to pick the order of the top five in this show. Like, um, I do think there's probably 15, 20 guys who are capable of making the final, and then within that twenty guys, I think there's probably generally probably seven or eight guys who I think can win the whole show. Um, just because I. I don't think with this 105 class this year, there's like in some of the classes, we might see a clear divide between, between say two or three guys and then the next pack. I actually think in this 105 show, there's, they're all at a very similar level of a lot of the guy names we've mentioned. So if one person has a really, really good weekend, who people might not expect to be in contention for the whole show, they could win it. I generally think any one of, like I said, eight guys could win the whole thing. So, yeah, I'm not confident at all. <laughs> CJ, that's got to make it pretty exciting, though, right? I mean, as a spectator, as a consumer, as a as an athlete in this sport watching this class, we're seeing a, a crop of 105ers, quite frankly, that quite a few of them got a shot at the top here. It's not too often we can say that in a lot of events because generally there's some clear-cut favorites going into these events that would otherwise win unless they screwed up somehow. And this one here, it sounds like, a lot of guys, maybe including your top ten, may not even be there. Yeah, you know, and I, I think I think it really just um, it speaks volume to how much the sport's grown, especially the 105 kilo class. There's just so many good competitors nowadays, which is great. You know, the sport's expanding, everything's growing, but it definitely makes the 105 class a little more interesting for me, um, just because I want to see who ends up on top. Um, because I think that I think uh, I think it was in the in the group chat, me, Nick, and Luke, we were talking about you know. I think we we're talking about a 90 class and we were saying there's going to be a stud who doesn't make it and everyone's going to be shocked. I think it could be the same thing in this class where one of these studs that we're talking about doesn't make it just yeah. because of the way that the points shake up. So for me, it's a, predicting this class has been the most interesting so far. It sounds like it. Nick, getting on to that fifth event, uh, first of day three, the Oak Walk, and uh, the weight on that is 900 pounds, a pretty respectable weight for a U105 guy on the third day. Um, how do you think that event's going to shape up? Are we going to see some good speed in this? Uh, I think you're going to see some guys moving pretty quick. Um, I, I'm going to say Andrew Clayton is a phenomenal yoke runner. If his, if his knee is good, his knees are good, then he is going to – He's going to go lights out on that. He's got a really good chance of winning that one. But, again, like Sean Diver, like we talked about earlier, the guys, his feet, his foot speed, like it, in, within three steps, his feet are going faster than you can see them move. It's incredible how fast his feet move when he moves an object. I, I've never seen anything like it. So it'll be interesting to see that. I'd like to see those two go head-to-head -head if, if that were possible, um, if that happened to come that way. But – um, Justin Moy is a very, very good mover. This uh, the Ukrainian Vitali, he's a very, very good mover, an all-around guy. So you're going to see a good, good run from him. So I, I think it, it, it's day three, and we have 
10, how do, how do I say it? We have 10 of the top 15, any 15 guys could have been there. So it's so, it's so crazy. You know, one of the best yoke runners might not even be there on that day. Yeah, that's a good point, eh, Panda? I mean, if those three events are your events or not leading into the third day, you may not be there to see them. So, you know, you got to get through the gauntlet, and that's the great thing about OSG. It doesn't always set it up in your favor in the beginning sometimes. It's oftentimes the end that most folks are looking at, not just to get there, but because their power events lie on that third day. Yeah, and I just... I would st- like you know you just got to train it like you think you're going to be there even if it is your best event and the other ones might not be your best event because you never know if you make it and you come in tenth you never know you might change the points up enough to where you can get closer to the podium so um, but like Nick said I do have Clayton up there if he's feeling good um, I had Sean as well after watching him move I just I'm excited to watch a lot of his moving events next weekend. Um, then I've got Loy and I've got Ollie and, and Jerry up there as well in my top five-ish. CJ, do you train this yoke event knowing it's the fifth event uh, or the, on the third day? Do you go into tra- do you try to train that fatigued a little bit? Would you do that? Is that kind of the way you would train this event leading into the show? Yeah, I mean, in general, so for me personally, I, I've always trained for events in the order that they're in. So like when I was training for Clash, I would train it in the order it was in. Um, the only thing that was a little different was that circus dumbbell because I would do that on a press day. But I would do like the uh, – what's that, what's that cool bike called? The air bike? I would do that. Assault bike? The yeah. assault bike. There we wait, go. wait, 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 wait. Did, did you just call the assault bike cool? <laughs> I, love I love that's that. The, that's the worst piece of equipment in the gym. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, the cool bike thing. So I would do like 10 minutes on that, and then I would go and do the circus dumbbell after just so I was a little fatigued. Uh, but that, that was really the only change. So if I were to train for this yoke, um, I would try to train a little fatigued as well, try to find a way to make myself a little tired first, then train it. Who do you got there on this event, CJ? Yeah, uh, you know, the names have already been uh, said, but uh, Diver, I'm going to say it right, Diver. We think. Uh, I still say like a redneck. Hashed or asterisk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Diver, it, it, I hope that we're not saying it wrong this entire show. Uh, Diver, <laughs> Loy, um, let's see who else. Obviously, Andrew Clayton, if he's healthy, I think Andrew Clayton's got a chance to win this. Uh, but those are my big three there. Luke, any, anyone to add? Um, all the names I was thinking have already been said, other than um, Chris Harrison, as Nick just said, very, very good mover. Um, I do think that this is heavier, this yoke is heavier than the yokes he's had in the shows I've seen so do so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that transitions over. Um, but Clayton would be my number one if he's fit. He is, I went against Clay, Andrew in the 900 pound yoke at OS3. Um, in 2017, and I'm sure he'd already gone to the toilet and had a drink by the time I'd finished. So um, I'd say he's been, he'll be the guy to watch on that one. Yeah, I'm starting to see this uh, line. I'm starting to see this podium shape up a little bit right now. Uh, CJ, going into the dumbbell, uh, circus dumbbell, uh, 160, 180, 200, and 220. Uh, a lot of speed here, do you think? Uh, is there anybody that's going to struggle? I know... I always get myself in that trap because Luke will tell me, nope, nope, you're wrong again, Joe. This is not going to go the way you see it. How do you see this dumbbell going? Yeah, you know, so it's another fatigued event. Um, yeah. It's after this heavy yoke. Um, and yoke does weird things to your body, especially when it's heavy. Yoke will mess you up. Uh, Luke and I talked about this. Like, I don't know, I, I did a thousand pound yoke a couple weeks ago. My body wasn't right for like two and a half weeks. So these guys, these, these, uh, these gentlemen are going to be hurting after that yoke. 
Um, I think that uh, most of the guys that are still there on day three will do pretty well on this. I think that there's a couple of guys that are in the, the top 10 that might not finish all the dumbbells. Um, because a 220 dumbbell is heavy. That's heavy at the end of a medley. Um, but some of the guys that um, that I think will be around on day three they'll, that will do well on this, McKeegan will do well. Uh, Nick Hine, who's just jacked out of his mind, will do very well. This is a good event for him. He's just – I mean, like – like uh, I remember who said, like that dude just keeps adding mass and he keeps adding muscle. He's going to turn to pud soon if he's not careful. Um, I could see Hine doing well. Um, and then – Let's see. I got Matt McKeegan. Um, and then I think Dan Hughes, again, is going to average out well here. Uh, Panda, every time I hear the yoke anymore, I think of spinal. I, that's the word that comes to mind. It's <laughs> yep. spinal. Um, it's so accurate. <laughs> it really is. Um, you know, obviously that that does play, into, uh, play a key role in this, this dumbbell. You're right. I mean, event placement is everything. Uh, how do you see this one shaping up? So um, I know Andrew Clayton is explosive in his circus dumbbell. So even after the yoke, I think he still has the pressing power to go through this dumbbell medley, not easily, but very strategically and accurately and at least top out at the one or two spot. Um, along with Jerry, I was watching his circus dumbbells and he pretty much strict presses them all, all the whole medley. So he doesn't even need his legs after yoke anyway. <laughs> and then, um, I've got Matt McKeegan up there in the top three as well, and then Dan Hughes and Nick Hine rounding out the, the five there for that event. Nick, uh, any names to add to this list so far? Oh uh, no, they they covered most of them, but I will add I will add Miko Anala. He's just an incredible presser. Um, he 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 probably won't be the fastest one, but he has all the potential to finish them all. He can hit all four. He'll be very methodical and go through and just knock them out. You know, he's just a methodical mover an incredibly strong and a very good presser. So I think Miko has a very good chance of, of hitting all four of those in that event. Aside from the other guys we talked about, Clayton, bring it up. He is a, he is a former world record holder in the circus dumbbell. So, you know, that's a, uh, that's all a, a notch in his bell there for that. So that's yeah, all I got. That. Well, <laughs> I thought we had a dramatic pause there. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, no, no, you're good. I think one thing yeah. I'm gonna add too: the guy yeah. that's not Matt McKeegan doesn't cut right. Like he's like he's he's yeah. pretty much two thirty one, isn't he? Correct. Yeah. I yep. think that's gonna benefit him a little bit because um, I've seen you know some of these guys that do these massive weight cuts from you know like 250, 260, and two thirty one. Sometimes that'll mess with the pressing just because of the way that the leverages change. I guess it is day three, so these guys will be refed and rehydrated. But just I don't know. I I just think McKeegan with that approach just has such a Obviously not an upper hand on, on certain things, but I think with pressing, it really does give him a little bit of an upper hand. I would say the same thing for Dreary, because Dreary doesn't cut a lot of weight. Um, yeah. And the, as everybody else mentioned, you've mentioned the same names. Um, Dreary, McKeegan, and Clayton are three to watch on the dumbbell for me. Um, all three world-class presses. McKeegan, I think, either won or tied um, the win on the dumbbell for Raptor Clash, which I believe was 100 kilos. I think he won, if I can yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, I was yeah. there, and, but my brain is potatoes since then. Yeah. A shiny, very slick uh, Louis Sear replica. He's a so, very, yeah. he's a very, very good dumbbell presser. Um, so those three um, will be the three to watch. Although I do think there are the guys in the lineup who are capable of finishing it. Hey Nick, uh, this third day at OSG is a little bit different than the first two because your breaks between events aren't is is, is wide. I, I understand at OSG. 
Uh, I have never been there. And for those of us that haven't been there that are listening into this, there's a rather a big break between those first two events on both day one and day two. How quickly does this day three move? And does that play into effect because you've come off two days with these big weights? Yeah, I tend to get sore in those that time frame. Is this day three kind of play into that a little different as you've competed there? A couple variables. First of all, I'm a bad person to ask because I wanted another event. Um, you know, I finished you at a time. So I, was, I was ready so. to go again and not be done, and uh, I felt good. However, this year there's three events on day three, and there's never been three events on day three. So that's an added variable. But I think the first the first event starts around 10 in the morning, but I think the last event, even, on, even with only 10 there, doesn't start until like 4.30. So it's okay. still going to be a pretty spread out day over three events if you look at the itinerary. Um, so I think there's enough time for recovery between events. I don't think Circus Dumbbell takes a lot out of you, but it also you don't have a lot to give to it because of where it's at in the competition. But it doesn't fry you that much for like the the stones. Yeah, filling a Circus Dumbbell is very different, like Nick said, than like filling a sandbag to shoulder. Like fill, filling yeah. a sandbag to shoulder, as we like to say, is spinal. Um, yeah. While filling a circus dumbbell is kind of like, oh, shit, my arm doesn't work. Okay, goodbye. Right, right. Drop it done. Hey, Luke, I got one question for you as a coach trainer yourself. Yeah. How do you – you know, you got you got a guy going into this third day. Like Nick said, there's still a significant break between events. You've already been competing for two days. You know, there's a lot of soreness that comes into play. You know, you're kind of sitting around doing how would, – how would you tell a guy to stay active and be ready for the next event? Is there, is there kind of a system that you use for that or a philosophy? No, it, it completely depends for me on the athlete. Some guys can switch off completely in between events and then turn it back on. Other guys need to like stay focused all day. Um, me personally, I when it's a long day, multiple events, I like to just chill out completely in between. So I would try to avoid, in my opinion, watching the other classes and just take mm. you take yourself because that's the pitfall that people fall into always three is say they're a 80 kilo guy um they'll stay and watch the 90 kilo men and the one on five kilo men and the opens men and they'll shout and cheer and which is awesome and it's part of the strong man but i feel like when you go for a world championship you need to be selfish and as soon as you are done take yourself away get food in get fluids in stay hydrated and just be a little bit selfish and Bring yourself down and calm down because you have to get psyched up seven separate times over the course of the weekend. Yeah, good points. No, that's uh, great points actually. Can Pandy, I add can add that a little bit? Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, I, I, you're, he's absolutely. I think he's absolutely right. You, you, your endorphins are rising when you're watching. You're getting, you're getting excited. You need to expend that energy on the floor when you're out there competing and not in between. Um, you know, I used to. I, I've had a fighting background, and we were we were made by our coach to stay in the back room and not be able to be out there and watch the pre previous fights because you were to save every ounce of energy for the time that you were going to go in the ring and you were going to compete. It's the same thing here. You're you're going to ex ex exert endorphins. You're going to get excited. You're going to not have all that energy you want when you think it should be there. On top of that, you should do some sort of active movement, active recovery. Some people like to take a little nap. Some people like to do things. And then I'd like to follow or finish that off with saying, and this is my my, my one of my favorite models, train hard, compete easy. Make everything in your training harder so that when you get to the competition floor, it's not so difficult. Everything should move better on comp day than it has ever before. Train hard, compete easy. I like that. I actually like that a lot. Panda, we're going in this sixth event, uh, Stones. For the 105 guys, it's uh, 275 to 400 with 25-pound jumps. Six Stones total. 
Is this going to change your leaderboard around? It sounds like, according to all you, that's going to be a pretty tight, mashed-up bunch there at the top with all these events. Oh, yeah, uh, this is definitely going to determine the winner, I think. I don't okay. think I think the top five are going to, at this point in the day, I think the top five are going to be so close that it's definitely going to come down to the event here. Um, I do have Andrew Clayton winning this event though, um, coming in and especially after watching him at Clash at the Rockies, that was just phenomenal. Um, and I do have Jiri coming in second and then Dan Hughes and Matt McKeegan somewhere up there in the top as well. CJ. Yeah, I think Andrew Clayton's my winner on this event. Um, he just has the hype for it. He's got the build. Um, and yeah, at Clash of the Rockies, Panda's 100% on point. Uh, that was a pretty amazing performance there. Um, McKeegan will do well. Um, uh, Justin Loy will also do well. He's got the build to be a great um, stone loader, and he'll do quite well there. Um, and then Dan Hughes. Um, but I do think this will decide the show. Luke, is it going to decide all three spots, or is there somebody there you think is already going to be there, uh, win, lose, or draw, as long as he puts in a decent stone load, he's going to be there? No, I think it could decide all three spots. Um, as the other guy said, Andrew Clayton is ridiculous in stone loader. Um, it's worth noting that nobody finished the Stones last year in the 105s. Um, extra event this year as well, same weights. I think Clayton will finish. I think he'll load all six. Um, McKeegan came second in the Stones last year. So if McKeegan is in first place going into the Stones, you would back him to you know stay there and win the title. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be all to play for, in my opinion, going into the Stones. I'd be, I'd be shocked if someone had it wrapped up before it. Nick, do you do you uh, feel the same way? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't want to be negative, but unfortunately, I think this is going to come down to who makes a mistake. There's it's, these guys are all at the top. They're all trying to vie for that podium spot because we think the scores are going to be so close that somebody's going to go fast. And unfortunately, when you go fast, it makes it's easier to make mistakes. And I don't. I hate to see somebody lose or not get that podium spot because of it. But at the same time. You got to risk it to get the biscuit, so you got to get out there and you got to you got to make stuff happen. So you got to try. <laughs> what was that again? Uh, risk it to get the biscuit. Is that what you just said? Yeah, you, you, you can tell Nick's old, right? Yeah, well, he was a total <laughs> boomer on Facebook today, so it's funny. Yeah, I, was. <laughs> I admitted it. I admitted it. We're, when this Nick, when this show comes out with a line of T-shirts, uh, we're going to make sure you get credit for it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, uh when what was it when it to get the biscuit what was it one more time risk it to get the biscuit risk it to get the biscuit panda <laughs> who's gonna risk it to get the biscuit who is gonna be your podium finishers for the 105s give us your oh my goodness okay top gross. three i've got um clayton and then uh, two and three is a real hard for me because i've got sean deaver I've got Jiri and I've got McKeegan all up there capable of getting a podium position. So somewhere in there, there's my two and three. And then my four and five, um, if it's going to be one of those other two. And then I've got Dan Hughes and Loy somewhere up there and Frank as well. I think Frank will sneak up in there somewhere, maybe top five, right below top five. So, But other than that, I am... Just excited to see who holds it all together all weekend long and gets it done. CJ. Yeah, you know, this, this is tricky. I'm not going to lie. You guys have changed my perspective a little bit as I've talked more with the group. <coughs> um, 
but I'm going to stick to my list on my top five. I'm just going to send it. Uh, I'm going to go. Andrew Clayton is going to win. He's going to win the whole show. I got McKeegan at two. Um, you know, I know he's coming off three shows, but he's in just tremendous shape. He's going to do well all weekend. I got Dan Hughes as my third, which I think is going to be different. And I think that that'll spice things up a little bit. Uh, but then I got Jerry and I have Hein rounding out my top five. Luke, is there two Irish guys on the podium? It could be. Um, generally, <laughs> it could be. Um, confession, I haven't picked my top three pre beforehand because I just couldn't pick. I've got a list of like 15 guys here who are trying to, trying to fit. <laughs> I was trying to, trying to fit into a podium. So I'm just going to pick three names out of the hat. Um, not confident at all. So I'm <laughs> going to go. I'm going to go. Just he's a good friend of mine. Um, I'm going to go McKeegan for the win. Um, I'm going to go Andrew Clayton second. God, this is hard. Third place, I'm going to go Justin Loy. Even though I haven't really mentioned him in any the other individual events, I think he's a super consistent guy. Um, but, like, this is absolutely crazy. I genuinely think, hand on heart, think that Nick Hine, Chris Harrison, Dan Hughes, Riri, Sean, <coughs> all of them could win this show, in my opinion. So, um, another guy who we haven't even mentioned on the show, who I think will make the final because he's super consistent. Darren Heltemez, and we haven't even mentioned him once. He's like, it's absolutely crazy the list of people who I think could challenge for those podium spots. Nick, I, I, I just want to cop out and just call my top 10 and like <laughs> do it and, because, in all reality, I think any one of these 10 guys could be on the podium and no matter what, 100%. like, I just don't want to do a disservice to anybody. I don't even care about my. I'll, I'll call it my points. You know, my my predictions have been fairly accurate. But this this class, I just don't want to do a disservice to somebody because, man, any one of these guys that deserves it because they're going to go out there and bang it out. And whoever doesn't make that day is fully potential the next year of making uh, the, the podium. It's just, it's just amazing to me. So I actually have a, little, a few different names, though. I got Vitali up there. I think that Vitali can, can be a day uh, three guy. Um, I, Dan Hughes, Justin Loy, Nick Hine. I think Mike O'Connor, he's coming in. I, I, I'm pretty 99% positive he's healthy, and he's coming in. He said it, he's had a good prep. He's ready to go. I think Mike O'Connor can have a great uh, great weekend. Uh, Matthew McKeegan, Chris Harrison. I think Miko, I, I actually spoke to some Finnish guys just to kind of check on him, and I know Miko is is feeling in form and feeling good, and I, I think he's a great guy. I, I know he wasn't uh, 100% last year, and he still made top 10 last year. And he he was was like seventy five percent. So that says anything about the guy. Um, he's solid. Clayton, of course, and then Frank. Yeah, to expand on Michael Connor, I know I, I haven't mentioned him, but I was at, in Paris watching the show. Um, if it hadn't been for the log, because he zeroed the log up along with a couple of other guys, just because the log was horrible, and it threw like a lot of guys off. He would have been right up there challenging for first. He's in form. He's fit. And he's, yeah, he's like, again, so I'd mentioned 15 guys and forgotten about Mike. That's how um, yeah, crazy just it is. Too many. It's and, and I guarantee you, I've probably forgotten someone as well of 
off the like Nick said at the beginning of the show, I hope if we did forget someone, they show us to remember their name next time for sure. Because it's exciting to watch what everyone brings. Like it's honestly not predictable when there's this big of a field of experienced athletes, athletes with accolades, athletes with. That's just ridiculous. Honestly. I think yeah, I, I like Harrison McKeegan, Clayton. Uh, I also like uh, Hein a lot, and I'm going to interview him right after the show. So I'm rooting for cool. you, Nick. 